0: Hi everyone and welcome back to this channel. My name is Susan Silentore. As you know, the aim of this channel is to offer information about how government works and why systems are set up the way they are. This is with the intention to give us clarity about what maybe our role in improving the governance in our country and in Africa and through this we can create a politically empowered generation. So today I have a very really interesting group of ladies with me in this episode. Um, and we're going to talk about young people and politics in Africa. And um, I'd like each them to introduce themselves and where you're from, which country you're from. Um, and we'll get into this conversation. So I'm going to start with you, Ms. Luanda. Sure. So my name is Luana Mpongase. I'm
1: with an organization called the South African Institute of International Affairs as a partnership and outreach manager. Uh, I live in Johannesburg, South like Africa.
0: Nice. All
1: right. What about you? I'm Patience Maswa, a member of Parliament in the Republic of Australia and came to be I can't out the <laughs> Yeah, but, but um, actually, people don't mention this. Um, actually, I finished my degree last year, okay. twenty one. People don't mention. Congratulations!
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you're yes. a legal mind. Yes, she's a legal yes. mind. Patience is actually the youngest member of parliament in Namibia. She could be one of the youngest. Legislators we have on the continent, so good job and well, she's also a, a lawyer by the way, <laughs> lest me forget. Um, Alright, Mandipa. Hi, Mandipa. Thank you. Um, I'm Mandipa
1: Ndilogu, I'm Zimbabwean. I am a Governance Researcher and Development Policy Analyst mm-hmm. and I am currently in The Hague. Um, I live in The Hague currently and mm-hmm. I'm doing my doctoral research at Leiden University and I am a visiting researcher at the University of Edinburgh. My
0: research focuses on urban governance features in Africa and developmental aspects thereof. Interesting, interesting. So, I like it when we have like a really powerful ladies doing really interesting things in each of their statements. So. Kudos to see you guys. Um, and today we're talking about youth and governance and what our role is um, in the governance in, in Africa. Um, and I'd like to start with you Patience, because you are a member of Parliament. Like how did you get into politics? What, what exactly led you to this piece? Why did you choose this? Yeah,
1: well, I think um, I, I mentioned earlier this morning I'm an activist to want politician because um, the, the genesis of, of my work in, In politics, really started in student leadership. Mm -hmm. So, you know, apart from being a volunteer in uh, NGOs, etc., etc., in my teenage years, um, publishing and um, obviously publishing on social justice, economic equality, and coupled with student leadership, um, both at a university level and a national level, really sort of set the foundation and the premise upon which you know, political career started. Mm -hmm. Um, So, in in April of this year, I went to parliament, only six months in office. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think politics, you don't choose it, it chooses you. Mm -hmm. So, I didn't, you know, actively um, want to be in the political space. But I think, um, you know, by just following your passion and by, you know, advocating, being a voice on issues of social justice mm-hmm. uh, sort of brings you into that space. Yes, I believe you, you try and believe it, it will, it will always come for you because it's for you. I see, I see. So you were elected. You were not elected. You were appointed. No, no. So, so the president, um, based on our constitution, mm-hmm. um, on the 106 seats that we have in parliament, eight of those seats are appointed on a basis of technical expertise, representation, and and so both myself and the Deputy Minister of ICT, Minister of Justice, Minister of Health, Minister of Finance, Mm -hmm. and three more parliamentarians were appointed by his Excellency. And um, the reason for that is um, really to respond to the social, political demands of society, mm. that sometimes mm. you can't get through an electoral process mm. because of the, the party requirements, you know, you must have served for 10 years mm. in the party leadership before you can actually run for a position, so those limitations sometimes exclude um, some really, really credible leaders like minister of justice, for example mm. who nice. is credible. Mm. otherwise would
0: not have had the benefit.
1: Yeah, so I was, you know, telling the president um, he's four times my age. Mm. Yet we, we relate mm. as peers. Yeah, yeah. That really underpins, uh, you know, the leadership being able to deliberately empower young
0: people mm. where they otherwise would not have had the mm. So I'm hearing like there was a lot of political goodwill. Yeah. Um, from the president and, and how your constitution is structured for more young people to be able to, to participate. I'll um, go you Luanda, and I know you, you've done a little bit of research in uh, youth policy and and how how participation around that goes, do you think, what do you think is a problem, like how comes so we don't have more patient, more people like patients <laughs> um, in the continent taking over spaces um, like those? Center? framework problems what what is the problem? I think just to pick up
1: something very pertinent that Patience has just said, Namibia has an enabling environment for a system mm-hmm. that allows those who are marginalized yeah. and those that have the expertise that don't have the platform to be appointed. Mm-hmm. So that is a very important enabling system that actually needs to be emulated Absolutely. everywhere in Africa because we are a continent that has the most progressive instruments. We have the frameworks. We have a youth charter that was adopted in 2006 that speaks to the highest level of participation for young people, Mm -hmm. and yet where is it? Mm -hmm. So really, it's just at national levels. We need political Mm will. We need governments like the, the, we need a president Mm at the president of Namibia who says, actually, I want those young people. Mm -hmm. We need that, and people actually believe that we can make a difference. We need institutions and systems that are receptive to young people, and not just young people from urban areas, but just representatives across the board. We are not homogenous, we are not homogeneous. We're very different. Yeah. So how are rural youth represented? Mm-hmm. How do we harness those skills that they have that maybe they are unable to come to a platform like this and articulate themselves? Exactly. The way other people do. So I think it's just changing our perception and attitude. Mm-hmm. It's actually bringing in or having leaders that actually recognise the importance of young people that believe in the work that young people can do as opposed to perceiving us as threats and i think we're actually doing a good job in in the years in actually changing the perceptions that we are just rowdy youth that go out to mm-hmm. protest and burn things we actually bring something very substantial to conversations mm-hmm. so in a nutshell we need enabling systems and i think patience has already spoken to that oh, interesting Thanks.
0: interesting yes we we really do need um political goodwill um in this process so we can have more young people in it and I'll come to you Doctor, <laughs> I'm going to call you Doctor no, <laughs> <good. Yeah. laughs> yeah. So I know you've done a lot of research on the complexities of the um, political economy in Africa, and in addition to political, people, there's a lot of uh, competing interests and that make that, that economy very complex. But what do you have to say about that? Like how how can that be changed, or what can be done so that we can have both things balance out? I think you know, political economic issues are governance issues. Mm.
1: You know, I always advocate for proactive rather than reactive governance, and we have a lot of reactive governance going on in Africa. If you look at political economy issues, the human capacity development issues. It's education. It's getting gender um, mainstreaming involved. It's getting young people involved. Mm-hmm. It's getting the right business environment for people, young people, to operate in so that things can be changed. If you look at youth unemployment that we were talking about the whole day today. Yeah. You know,
0: we need to be honest with ourselves about the state of affairs. Mm
1: -hmm. We need to be honest with ourselves about the countries that are doing it right, like Namibia, Mm -hmm. who's just gone under a review and now has recommendations that they're going to hopefully implement to their best capacity. Mm -hmm. And we need to get to a point where we then realize that everything that we do is for Mm self-accountability right and that breeds a proactive environment because once you have the knowledge the data set to understand the reality on the ground Mm -hmm. you contextualize it once you understand what the issues are you can then assert ownership agency Accountability, all of these things that we're talking about, respect for rule of law, institutionalized processes, mm-hmm. you know, you then open up. And this is what the President of the Republic of Namibia has done. And, you know, at, I'm just thinking off the top of my head because why else would he appoint technocrats or people on the ground who mm-hmm. to spaces of influence if that wasn't his way of thinking? And we need more leaders like that. Mm-hmm. So that is the political economy of Africa. Yeah. It's
0: the political influence in the mm-hmm. economy, it's not the other Mm. Mm. That's true, that's true. I mean, you've, you've told, you've said we should be honest with ourselves, yeah. right? Um, and as we speak here, we're people who are politically, able to, like woke, you know, we, we engage in politics every single in the day. But there's lots of people who are completely disinterested dis- in politics and they don't really care about it, it almost seems cool not to be uh, aware of what's going on in the country i don't know what you have to speak to that like do you think is it a problem like what i,
1: I, I i'm always very weary to say young people don't care to politics because i think the personal is political and once things that affect them personally hit then it becomes political mm-hmm. and you must be very weary of boxing politics as know government members of Parliament or you know un- under under those guises or under those blankets because food security is political right yeah as COVID has shown up here it's political mm-hmm. all these processes are intertwined and interlinked and they're multi-layered mm-hmm. so I, I, I want you to not dabble in the conversation of young people don't care about politics mm-hmm. because they do mm-hmm. we just don't educate them in a way that frames their thinking around the fact that the issues that Mm -hmm. affect them every day Mm -hmm. are political issues Mm -hmm. may may I just respond to that, but yeah. with a different framing. Yeah. I think maybe the question that needs to be asked has to relate maybe to political apathy. Yeah.
0: Because as Mandeep
1: is rightly saying, waking up in the morning and taking a taxi going to work, in some instances it's political, it all has political aspects. Yeah. So I think the notion that politics is just you know governments and politicians, and it's very skewed, it's very narrow. Mm. So maybe to frame it a different way, let's look at polit- political apathy in elections, for example. Mm. You know, I look 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 at the context in South Africa where there's a lot of political apathy. Young people just don't want to vote anymore. But it's important that we understand why. It's Mm -hmm. not okay for us to just dismiss it as, oh, these young people are very apathetic. Mm -hmm. Young people are tired. Young people want good leadership and nobody's emulating that at the moment. We want service delivery. We want the basic necessities. But at the moment it's a stretch to get that. Mm -hmm. But combination time now, everybody's pressure, like giving us pressure to go vote. It, It just becomes You sort of want to defy the system because it doesn't work for you. But obviously it's detrimental and Mm -hmm. you you have to exercise your hard-worn right to vote. Mm -hmm. But I just think dismissing young people as just being apathetic because for whatever reason it's very irresponsible. We need to understand the reasons that are causing young people to be Mm -hmm. quite fatigued by the system. Mm -hmm. It's years of self-governance as well, isn't it? It's years of fighting the system with your back against the wall by yourself mm. and that system not helping you and then as long as it says, it says when you're getting to a point where, you know, come election time, governments are campaigning and people are coming to your door and knocking and saying, oh, you're the constituency that needs to vote mm. and young people are tired. Mm. They have their own socio-economic, sustainable features to look out for. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I agree with their world. I think um, politics is everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have a have a yeah, vote. absolutely. Um, like Rwanda says, if somebody needs to, you know, go to work and they don't have
1: adequate transportation, um, it's a political issue. And mm-hmm. um, if, if young people don't want to vote and protest, that That's is a political issue. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a symbiotic relationship between politics and. Mm-hmm. politics is everything, politics is business, politics mm-hmm. is, is, is um, social, um, the social environment that's politics, mm-hmm. economics is politics and um, you know the idea should really be in as much as we try and force young people to be involved in mainstream politics we need to reform the system so that it's for young people to want to be to but not that the That makes representation even more important. Yeah. yeah. Right. Having young people actually in this place is to actually represent those who are feeling a little bit discouraged. Mm-hmm. Relate to those who are feeling misrepresented and not mm-hmm. understood. And I think um, you know, older people have really um selfishly tried to make political systems their homes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they they selfishly try and make it seem like it's it's their their personal It's not yours. Yeah, you don't have the sole copyrights on uh, public information. You don't have the sole copyrights to speak on behalf of people. I mean, when uh, you know, one of my seniors in in, in parliament, we had a party caucus meeting, and she was like, "Come come come on, how can you say to Oh no. And yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you refer to everybody else as honorable. I mean, well, everybody else refers to me as honorable. Yeah. But she calls me Nana and she tried to reduce me to a note taker. And I told her, who's uh, <laughs> a secretary? Yeah. Honorable. Yeah, all due respect, we are colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. We report yeah. to the president. There's a secretary to do that. Because so I think they, 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 they the, the gatekeeping is, is so right, even in the spaces where mm-hmm. we are really, um, represented. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what they're doing, that needs to be dismantled. Yeah. Um, that is what um, makes the environment so toxic mm-hmm. and it makes the environment unattractive for young people. Mm-hmm. Would you say, other than a political shift, there needs to be a cultural shift that as well? Yes, because what I'm hearing from that is nothing political. It's very cultural. Yeah, yes. um, so the respect
0: so to your elders. Yeah, and in yeah, such yeah. an African, it's a very African, African yeah. way
1: of conducting politics and engaging with young people that are in spaces yeah. of influence mm, yeah. and frustrating them in those spaces of influence yeah. to the point where they themselves become yeah. apathetic instead of becoming active representatives. Yeah. I mean to create context, my minister of youth is seventy-five. So Jeez. who has more authority on youth issues? Me, who is a youth, or you? You're seventy-five.
0: You're
1: saying that it's, it's very cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can I oppose to you directly, mm-hmm. or aren't you feeling offended, or disrespected? Yeah. 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 But but who really has the authority? Yeah. And and they also. For gotten that youth is an expungible concept Mm, right so in 13 years time honorable Mm -hmm. you will not be a young person Mm -hmm. according to the African right Mm -hmm. right yeah but somehow Everybody, you know, your Minister of Youth for instance at seventy-five. Mm-hmm. There's clearly a cultural notion mm-hmm. that he's young at heart. They are young and, <laughs> and cheap. they are young at heart. And, hot. and mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it is some somehow they they are monocoddled by the system. Mm-hmm. And and we need to disrupt that. Yeah. How I don't know. It's infuriating. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I take it very personally because of just the how much work has gone into sort of the, Assert and establish ourselves as yeah. leaders as well yeah. in South Africa. They will just lightly call the minister Who's in his 50s the young minister And oh, it's yeah. just, <laughs> No names mentioned but I mean. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And It's just like but wait yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, is it because they're youthful in spirit? Like what does that mean? No, yeah, you it's know? because there's this three I, I look at it in three tiers So there's the, the 60 to 80 year olds, the 40 to 60 year olds, <laughs> 20 to 40 year olds. Yeah, <laughs> this generation has held onto power for so long that these have not had a chance, and they're so thirsty for leadership now in their 50s. But it's already time for this generation to take over. Mm-hmm. How that is going to play out, mm-hmm. I do not know. But these guys are still so there. So that your leadership role during independence was enough, mm-hmm. and it was okay to pass the baton on and to keep passing the baton on. You can't be talking about struggle politics in 2021 mm-hmm. and 85 years about independence. And you don't know anything about exactly yeah. anecdotal. Um, I think we, we've just been in yeah. crisis mode in South Africa with youth unemployment. Mm. Uh, they announced the latest statistics, and our minister for youth, women, <laughs> and people with disabilities. <laughs> came on and said, these are the remnants of the apartheid system. Mm-hmm. This is 27 years after democracy. Mm-hmm. This is after, you know, there's so many socio-economic issues at play in South Africa and so much inequality. Yeah. But the minister came on and, and insulted our intelligence and said, yeah, this is the result of the apartheid government. Mm-hmm. Right? And so independence has been achieved, what now? Mm. So oh, it's so sustainable to have the leaders who are so remnant of you know, their role in the, in the liberation movements in a, such a vastly changing global landscape. I mean, some don't even know what climate change is. Yeah. Oh than so, it's the denialism of climate change. China, I mean, yeah. they're just so comfortable in things mm-hmm. that it's it's worrying and it's concerning. You know, it denialism is not just saying, you know, this is not it. It's refusing right. facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. refusing you know, knowledge, mm-hmm. it's confusing, so many elements of it. And even within themselves, within the political settlements yeah. that dictate government structures, mm-hmm. even within themselves, they're not telling each other the truth, truth. Yeah. just for gatekeeping. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. dangerous thing with that is yeah. um, name entanglement, you know? Mm. Um, I fought for this country, so I'm mean, entitled to mm-hmm. fishing quotas. Mm-hmm. I fought for here when you were fighting yeah. the country. It's very <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Very, and I think that is one of the, the key, key drivers of corruption mm-hmm. because we, we, how much is enough? You know, yes, you fought for independence. I that just that was How is, how is like a quick question that will actually drive the question mm-hmm. that you're asking. I think is there an African country that has legislation that if you hold public office you cannot do business with the government? <laughs> no. <laughs> because I think the thing no, be in my country they say, but I mean I'm also, also a, a citizen. citizen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a citizen. You, you right. Am I not it. allowed to conduct? Yeah. Very, yeah. Not with yeah. the government you don't, you, go, you get procurement from government. The government yeah, but that's that's their argument. That I'm also a citizen. Yeah, why not? Oh, no, so in that you can have an intersectional existence, yes. mm-hmm. but in other things yeah. you can't be a young person, an educated person, a capable person. Okay. But that's where the yeah. context of interest stands. I in, know, it, in, yeah. our, in
0: our context of Kenya, um, there's a thin line between who is government and who is the people who do business with government. Yeah. And most of the time, actually, people get into um, government to be able to do business with government Absolutely. to be able to get the tenders, to be able to do all these things
1: but that mm-hmm. goes back to the socio-economic issues that we need to fix. Exactly. We wouldn't need to see um, politics or government as a pit of you know endless pots of gold right. if we
0: actually fixed our system exactly.
1: there. That is true, right?
0: And corruption. I mean, most of our countries that we and just general patronage. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I agree, and I think we we brought up quite a quite a number of issues. I just want to know, like, are you in a political party? Yes, I'm in the ruling party. Ah, interesting. So, um, a lot of people try to get into parties. I don't know about you guys, but our, our parties are very. They disappear every five years. <laughs> uh, but I know you guys have parties that have been there since independence. The ANC is So, how did you go about getting into this party? And is wow. it a difficult process, especially as a young woman? Mm-hmm. I'd like you to speak on that as well. Yeah, but I, I've always been a sympathizer of you.
1: This, this, this has been a bone well, of contention since I, I mentioned that took office. So, I've always been a member of this Party. I've had my youth rate card, my women's council card, and my party card. You know, probably just because I was a nosy 18 year old that just wanted to, <laughs> you know, my party card, and I would not take party events, but I was never actively involved in mm-hmm. party politics. Um, I was more. Um, even my publications have always been on national politics, and they were issue based. Mm. So even when oh. I was appointed, um, I was never asked about a party card. Mm. Um, it, it it wasn't you Isn't know it wasn't a thing, okay. and and that's true for most of the appointments that his Excellency by he's highly criticised for it. But um, his argumentation is that you don't need a party card to prove competence. Mm. Yes. Obviously, because I'm a sort of party um, member of parliament, I will advance the agenda of my political party. But that was never, you know, anything. Yeah. And people within the party, within the youth league, actually, um, you know, they went on a rampage after yeah. I came into parliament because they felt more entitled, mm. um, the argument of oh,
0: His Excellency was that that's not enough. Mm. Yes, you remember, and, they and then yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that, that's very interesting. A lot of people have very difficult times getting into parties and just being able to manoeuvre to even be able to buy in the first place. Or being in a position to be nominated. And that's, I think, another framework issue that Probably needs to be addressed at some point, um, and I'd like to bring this to so a close. I know you guys—we can talk like a lot more, <laughs> um, but we've had a long day. We are here courtesy of APRM um, that has been doing a youth symposium, and this this is award, chapter a word chatter. Anyway, that we're doing the symposium in Nairobi. Um, and We'll have another one next year. Um, but I'm really happy that you guys came. I really hope you enjoyed my movie. And even just as we close out, I just, I don't know, do you have anything to say about um, young people and why they should participate in politics? Just uh, closing remarks from each of you. Why should young people participate in politics? Is this important? Is it necessary? Um, we can start with you. <laughs> so
1: I actually think that we need a space of influence. Mm. We are tired of the current leadership yeah, mm-hmm. then let's rise up and try to be leaders who will bring the change that we want. Mm-hmm. And that's enough reason for me for a person to become mm-hmm. Part of not just politics, but just be engaged in all structures that are enabling to drive an agenda that's good for Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I, mean, I I feel like her saying every day, if you don't run the day, the day will run you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for the politics mm-hmm. as well. If, you don't get involved. You just accept whatever decisions that we get. Interesting. I mean, I agree with both of you. Yeah. The only thing I will say is just to employ young people to get involved, mm-hmm. to stop being apathetic. Mm-hmm. It's because we're going to be here a lot longer than the people in power are going to be, and we're going to have to deal with the issues and the challenges mm. that are going to be carried on as legacies. Mm. Because remember they're also carrying on legacies from colonialism mm. and pre and mm. you know, and they're carrying on the mistakes that they made, that yes. they're hiding. And we're going to have to carry those forward if we don't change the system and stop, you know, the cyclical issues mm. and cyclical legacies of
0: disarray now. Yes, yes. Wow, ladies, thank you. If you, you, I like what you guys have both said. Don't carry the day. The day will carry you, and we're definitely the ones who are going to live through the consequences yes. of the choices of the people who are in power now. So, um, with that, I would like to close the session. Thank you so much for for joining us. For every again, please. Um, shout out to to you, to you guys who are in Namibia, in Zimbabwe, and in South Africa as well. Um, I hope you guys are all safe and thank, thank you. you so i
1: you, to watch <laughs> 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 okay. All right.